All right. And we're back for week, what is this, number five? Number uh, four. four. Number four. four of the tripod. So many, about. you can't keep track. Oh, I'm losing track already. Um, here with uh, my two co-hosts, Luke Morrow and Ryan Bailey. Hey. Oh, hey. All right. <laughs> so, so good start. I'm glad uh, Ryan decided to respond and acknowledge that he's at in the room. As um, you can see, we, uh, we've really found our groove. Yeah, that's right. All right, so uh, today we're going to be talking about Pearl Jam's album 10. We're going to be reviewing that, going in depth, talking about Eddie Vedder and his crazy antics that he's been up to and that the band doesn't necessarily like all the time, uh, and the ins and outs of Pearl Jam and the album. And before that, as usual, we're going to talk about what we've been listening to, what we've been watching, and we're just going to talk about everything else for a little bit. All right, so uh, Luke, why don't you start us off? What have you been watching and listening to this week? Uh, well, it's pretty cliche, but uh, since my tr- my latest trip to Minnesota, I've actually been listening to quite a bit uh, of Prince lately. Um, oh, R. very I. nice. Yeah. Didn't have enough time. There's like a museum type thing. Um, there's both like obviously you could do it on your own where you go to the different places that he visited because he was really active in like the community. You, you would see him at like the bars and clubs or whatever on a regular basis. Um, I had heard that about him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he always lived in, in Minneapolis or the area and uh, was from there and I guess really liked the area, went to the sporting events, yada, yada, yada. So there's like the 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 route you could go on by yourself and just visit like the different places or I guess they actually set up uh, just last month kind of like a tour of uh, Prince's life and like his favorite places and then obviously his home and everything. And they've set up like a museum or turned his home into a museum. Didn't have enough time to do that, but it's pretty cool because you would see like paintings or murals of him all around the city now. Maybe they were there when I was last in the city three years ago and I just didn't notice because I wasn't looking for it. But mm-hmm. uh, but they're all over the place now. And uh, it's pretty cool that like uh, a city like that or a community has, they've, uh, they, they all really seem to, to love Prince. And then obviously now it is passing. They've, uh, really remembered him as a community so it was pretty cool to see and uh really cool. ever since i've been listening listen to quite a bit of prince that's pretty awesome bad, uh, what's your favorite prince song favorite prince song i was actually thinking about this uh the other day and it's uh, one of the, the newer ones that i have uh discovered i guess with prince and uh i'm stalling right now because i'm trying to think of the name but it's i want to be your lover that's the song. I want to be your lover. Great song. Oh, how nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. Speaking That's of the name of the song. Speaking of Prince, I was actually watching the original Batman from 1989, the Tim Burton one. Ah, oh, great soundtrack. I found out, yeah, Prince actually did the soundtrack. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. I had, I didn't know that. That's pretty yeah. interesting. I'd say my favorite Prince song probably either "Let's Go Crazy" or um. When Doves Cry. Yeah, that's a, that's a great I one. like Let's Go Crazy. Uh, it's, oh, and Purple Rain, obviously. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan was uh, actually there, too. Yes. We went and saw Bruce Springsteen a couple days after uh, Prince passed away. And uh, I had seen him the night, uh, two nights before Ryan and I went. I saw him twice in two nights. But um, okay. the first night, Super he fan. comes out and they opened with Purple Rain, and it was incredible. It was one of the best. It was just an amazing way to open the show. A great tribute. Everybody in the band was wearing purple. And then uh, they did the same thing the next night. It was really incredible. The, the band did it justice, and they really gave a good, good um, nod to a brilliant musician who was Prince. Yeah, that's a great song. And it's taken on a new meaning for me. Uh, now that I listen to the lyrics a little closer, it reminds me of uh, what it's like to be a Vikings fan. So um, that's become a fitting song. Depressing. Uh, yeah yeah pretty much always letting you down but uh actually speaking of prince not to segue from this category but to take a quick sidebar uh forbes does their annual list of top earning dead musicians which is always lovely to read and uh prince clocks in at 35 million which ranks him uh, i believe third do you know who number one is Top dead musicians. Elvis. One of, one of the Beatles. Oh, good guess. John Lennon is, let's see, one, two, three. Four. John Lennon is five. He's the highest. Ah, yeah. Of the Beatles. 
Who's the guy that died from Led Zeppelin? John Bonham. He's, uh, he's not in the top. I only got the top six here. He's not. He's not in it. Oh. Am I gonna know? Oh yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yes, eight hundred twenty-five million. His his everything he's got is worth. He's just like his music makes so much. It that it's crazy. Who's number two? Sony bought uh, MJ's music catalog for seven hundred fifty right. million. By the way, uh, number two is Elvis. Oh, I was. Oh, I, didn't even think I, about I, that. I said Elvis before. I don't. Did think you? you? Did I didn't well, hear it? Yeah. Uh, nobody That's what heard I said. It. I, I yeah. I, I miss like half the things he says. I can't. Oh yeah, you use that one in week one. All right. <laughs> so MJ, I mean, Elvis, then Prince clocks in at three. Uh, Bob Marley, four. John Lennon, five. David Bowie, six. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Great list. Great list. Yeah, that was a good list, right you know? It's a yeah. shame. So, Some of those guys died a little too young. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so listening to Prince, and then listen to it yesterday, New Rolling Stones, their 25th studio album, which is absurd to think of. Um, but I don't really consider it a studio album because it's there's a new Rolling Stones album out. Yeah, or it's coming out December second, I think it is. Uh, but I don't, but I don't consider it a studio album because it's just an album of covers. That doesn't count for me. That shouldn't count as an album. That's not it's a called... studio album. They didn't get back in the studio and oh wait, they did covers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that's a, that's an album. I mean, I mean, technically, it's a studio album because they did it in a studio. But come on, what is that? That's a stupid album. What, what are they covering? Anything good? Like worthwhile? It's, a, it's all blues. The yeah. album's called Blue and Lonesome. Oh, so this is more like a Mick Jagger thing. Yeah, it gets back to their roots. Eric Clapton's actually on the album for a few songs, so I was real excited. Ooh. I heard new album. It's their first in like twelve years. Eric Clapton, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, so all these. Blues covers: Willie Dixon, um, Howlin' Wolf, Buddy Johnson. I'm looking at the list now. As are we. Ah, yeah, all old old time guys. Yeah, exactly. So I heard one of them. I think it was "Hate to See You Go." They released a music video, and it was okay. But I quickly lost my excitement and interest in uh, in the new album. Well, you know, at least you had a little excitement for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit got me through the day. That's pretty yeah. good. I mean, it's a, Prince is still good. You know, listen to a lot of Prince. I like Prince. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah. be Prince. No, definitely yeah. not. Can't Especially be. when he throws his guitar in the air and it never comes back down. That's right. Still and in then, the air to this day. I don't know what happened. It's an incredible. It's incredible. It, it's the allure of Prince. Uh, just like when he played at the Super Bowl and when he was playing Purple Rain, it started to rain. Or I think it may have been raining the whole halftime show. But And with the lights, it made it look like Purple Rain was actually falling. I think pretty cool. That's one of the best halftime performances of That's my before knowledge. I was really into Prince and I had like a bad perception of Prince and so uh I didn't enjoy the halftime show and uh should go oh. back and actually watch it cuz I have Is that back when you were into more like Britney Spears and Madonna? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's what I thought that's what I thought Prince was more like along the lines of that he was like popish, which I guess he kind of was to a certain extent in the 80s, but Bite your like, tongue but yeah, like his, his the, the style was completely different. I heard Prince, and Comparing I was like, "Ah, uh, Britney Spears or Madonna?" Okay, no, not not literally. No, no, so, no. I'll come back yeah. later. <laughs> so yeah, so those two things, and then um, uh, to give you a newer band as well, as opposed to one that's been around for fifty years or one that's no longer around and should probably uh, not be around anymore. Okay, relax. Um, trampled by turtles. I may make them one of the album reviews Ooh. moving forward. Uh, uh, you mentioned like them folk before. Indie. Yeah, yeah. From That's Minnesota, actually, too. Oddly enough, uh, uh, folk indie. They actually just took a hiatus, and rumor is that they may never get back together. But so maybe not the best time. But oh, uh, great band. <laughs> but they have a handful of albums. They've been around for a while, so uh, maybe we'll get more into depth in them uh, down the road. Hey, that sounds good to me. I don't think I know any. I, I'm sure I know songs. I don't think I know any albums in particular by them. Yeah, they're pretty good. All right. You've been watching anything new? No, not really. Um, I was away. So, um, this guy, all he does is take vacations, right? Okay. Like I said, that was my own. That's like my only vacation of the year. Everything else is for work. Well, um, so, on planes 24 7. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but uh, no, not really. I've been watching How I Met Your Mother on Netflix lately while I've uh, been working, doing work. What season are you on? 
having that on the back. I just finished season three, so I am. Wow. Oh I my am, God. You got you so watch much that to show go. every day. I know. It's snail's <laughs> pace over here. I know. What do you I watch? Really half am. an episode at a time? I just made it through like most of season three in the last two days, though, so. I've been very slow moving. Picking up the speed. You Ooh, and Bailey yeah. over here. Bailey watching The Sopranos for the past five years. I'm on season Yeah, that's six. true. Luke, who's your favorite uh, How I Met Your Mother character? Oh, definitely Marshall. Oh, yeah. For me, because think, he's from Minnesota, right? Uh, Marshall's easily the best. The Minnesota thing certainly plays a huge role, and I love the Vikings aspect. Um, that won me over. But also, like in terms of the lines that I laugh at, I think maybe... Yeah. I would say at least 80%, maybe even upwards of like 90% are lines from Marshall. The yeah, rest of great. the cast, and I don't mind Lily as much, but the rest of the cast just gets progressively more and more annoying. Like I like Ted. I could not stand Robin by the end of the show. No, um, me either. Ted didn't bother me as much, but yeah, Robin and Barney, I don't know. I think Ted got better. He was so annoying early on about yeah. obsessing with finding like his soulmate or whatever. It was, like, repulsive. Who spends eight years telling their kids how they met your mom? Seriously. Bob Saget, apparently. <laughs> That's true. That's such a weird thing. And I listened, I don't know what I read. I listened or read something once about, like, why wouldn't they have just used, like, Ted? Like, at his age, you don't get older, and your voice doesn't change to Bob Saget's voice. Eh, I kind of wish I, it I would. Li- I liked it. I just don't think it. It just doesn't. It continuity wise doesn't make sense. Like Ted's at an age where his voice is going to sound that way for the rest of his life. It's like the show, uh, the Goldbergs, which is like an '80s uh, Wonder yeah, Years. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a good show. But uh, Patton Oswalt does the uh, the narrating. Yeah. He's as a, an older older version of the main character. Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt's great. Uh, he's got a devastating past couple of years for him. Yeah. Um, he is yeah, funny. Did though. you guys ever? Did you guys ever read that article I said? Yeah. Yeah, I read yeah. it. Oh, it's it sad. Very I mean, sad. The guy is just it's like imagine this like he woke, he woke up and just his wife had died overnight and like it's just he does like he's like I'll never be a hundred percent again, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, me neither. It's sad. Poor guy. Um, it's uh it's weird but for like oh yeah oh he's great he was actually just in um he was he's in he was in one of those new movies with galifianakis um but uh keeping up with the joneses or whatever he was in parks and rec too yeah one of those two he's been in a lot of things he always has those little bit roles but uh but for comedians, that's the one thing that you always talk about, how like uh, stand-up comedians are like a different breed and they're like all like depressed or whatever. Obviously, yeah, this he is battles a, depression already. Yeah, and this is a completely different situation, but uh, that could be like therapeutic, mm-hmm. doing stand-up and, and such. And I think that's yeah. what he was saying in that article, too, is that yeah. like getting back on the stage and like writing again is kind of helping him cope with it and deal with it. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. All right. Anyway, on a uh, not so depressing topic, uh, Ryan, what have you been listening to and watching? What have I been listening to? Um, I've been listening to too much um, in the new category, um, but I have been watching. Well, I did actually just watch uh, The Revenant finally. Um, have you guys seen it? Which one is yeah, that? That's the one with uh, Leo and he. Gets oh, where he never talks. No, he 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 gets mauled by the bear. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's the it's it's the movie that Leo won his, finally won his elusive Academy oh, yeah, Award right. for. Um, I I felt that. Oh, um, uh, he didn't deserve an Academy Award no, for no, it. I no, agree. I, I mean, the field wasn't very competitive, and I feel like that's the only reason he won. Right. Yeah. He's been. In, it's, he deserved, and don't get me wrong, I love Leo. He deserved an Academy Award for so many other roles. Oh yeah. This wasn't the role that he should have gotten it. Oh for. no, no, yeah. I don't think so. Seriously, like Romeo and Juliet. Come on. Are you kidding me? Beaches? But, yeah. The so, <laughs> it, oh, beaches? <laughs> Something like that. I don't friggin' know. So, yeah. I mean, overall, I liked it. 
Um, he obviously didn't have many speaking parts. I really thought Tom Hardy did a great job. I thought Tom Hardy should have won yeah. Best Supporting Actor. He was incredible yeah. in that movie. Who won I, it? Who won Tom, it ahead of him? I don't know. I forget. I don't even remember what the class was. It was um, the guy in. Oh my God, I forgot the movie. But oh, the the guy from um, the one with Tom Hanks. Yes, you are exactly right. Tom Rylance. Yes. Oh, Leo DiCaprio. You're thinking of Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. Um, no, but I remember watching that movie. I saw it in theaters with my dad, and I left that movie thinking Tom Hardy was able to make me genuinely hate his character. Yeah. yeah. Like his the role he was he was the antagonist in the in the movie and like but like the way he portrayed the role, he was able to get me to genuinely. I had a hatred for. I hated him. I hated the character. It was like it was incredibly done, and that's what you want when you're like as from an actor. You want them to make you feel a certain way about a character. And you want like, to be I, hated. Like I didn't fall in love with Leo's character because I really like he didn't say anything the whole movie, and then but like Tom Hardy's role, incredible. Clearly, you know what Tom Hardy's there. first movie was. Hardy Boys. Close. Not going to tell us? Bailey, nothing? You're weak. Um, Give me one second. He can't Wait, look Googling it up. It? <laughs> wow. This guy, he has a laptop now. And he thinks oh, he wow. Can... I did not know he was in that movie. Black Hawk you Down. just say it. Oh, okay. We thought our listeners were also looking. Yeah, well, we, we, we'll we didn't want to we'll ruin give them it. a five-minute We wanted them to go in fresh. So they can answer and send in answers via tweet uh getting back to the revenant i mean i liked it i thought it was great i thought they're obviously tom hardy was good um i really liked um what's his name um uh will poulter he was one of the supporting actors he was actually in um where the millers that movie he's a redhead yeah he was pretty good um was oh was he the, he was the son uh no he was just a kid like as part of the group or part of the uh frontiersman um and no, then we're the uh, Dom, Dom, no, or, in We Are the Millers, not in The Revenant. Yeah, he was the yeah, the, the, the supposed the son. son in We're the Millers, but yeah, he yeah. played just a regular character in uh, The Revenant. Yeah. And then Don gotcha. Dom Hall Gleason, however you pronounce his name, has seems to be in everything lately. Uh, but he was good as well. Um, for those Gleason? who don't know, he was in Harry Potter. Uh, Charlie Weasley. What would um, you give it on a scale of Harry 1 Potter. to 10? And he was in the new Star Wars. What, Luke? One to ten, what do you give it? Um, I, I'd give it an eight. I really liked the. I mean, that subject matter was very interesting to me, and, and I, I it was visually stunning. I think the the scenery was great. The um, overall, just you know, cinematography as well. I'd give it a five. All right. Okay. I clearly struck a nerve bringing up uh, the Revenant. Um, I just don't think it was that good. All right. Well, in terms of stuff I, coming out, and it was like six hours long. It was two and a half. Ugh, that's long. Thank you, Luke. All these yeah. movies lately have been so long. It's like the, the nice new thing these last long, few years. Worth it. Yeah, it went quick. I don't think it, I don't think it exceeded two hours though. Nah, maybe not. I do want to see that new movie Arrival. Yes. Two hours is the good. limit. Keep it to two hours. Jeremy Renner. Right. I'll make sure Amy this Adams. gets to Hollywood so they know. Yeah, seriously, this is groundbreaking. All right, is that it, Bailey? Uh, well, in terms of movies that are coming out that I really want to see, um, two in particular, um, World War II focused movies, uh, Hacksaw Ridge with Andrew Garfield, um, who people yeah. say is my doppelganger. Uh, and oh, he's I, not. Yeah, so sure he is. And uh, Allied by uh, with uh, Brad Pitt and um, the girl from. Uh, Keep it Nima. Dragon tattoo. Marion Marion uh Cotillard. Uh it's a World War awesome. II theme. Yeah. So two World War II theme movies I really want to see. Um and I believe Allied's actually out, and so is Hacksaw Ridge. Um actually no, Allied lied. Allied comes out uh November twenty third. Um it's literally in huge text on the screen. Just <laughs> I wasn't looking at it. As he said, All right. I someone woke up on out. the wrong side of the bed today. Um I really, I can only wake up on one side of my bed. All right, uh, but yeah, somebody I mean, woke it, up in the kitchen today. <laughs> it's not too far from my bed. <laughs> in terms of music, I actually listened to a good amount of um, uh, Sean White's band today on the way home. Um, bad Why things. Why does he have a band? 
he's the guitarist in this band called Bad Things. Um, they're not too bad, but you never know he was in it by just by listening to them because he's a guitar player. Um, I don't think I'd know if he was in it if he was the singer. Okay. Who is this? Sean White's band, Bad Things. I know wouldn't know if he was in it even if you told me. Bad Fish, the Sublime song. Bad Fish was just at Toad's place recently. Oh, the Sublime cover band. Yeah. And I, I also band. saw. Um, yeah, they're all right. I like the E Street Shuffle. All right. They're <laughs> cut me off all the night. Bruce Springsteen cover band, and they're awesome. All right, Ryan, what else you got? How old would you say um, Sean White is? I think he's probably what, like twenty-seven now. No, he's like thirty. Wow, right on the money. He's thirty. I thought no, he was even older. Sense. All right. So all right. Bad so things. what else? Yeah, so bad things. I actually saw a band live on Saturday, the uh, the Benjamins, who are a local New Jersey cover band. They do a lot of uh, '90s uh, covers. Um, I do enjoy them as my second time seeing them at Willie McBride's an establishment in Hoboken. Um, you ever yeah. see the Nerds? No, they they uh, they they go down to LBI a lot. They're as awesome. Well as I the opened for them a couple times. Um, oh, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it for me. Let's kick it over to. The other Ryan. Yeah. So I haven't been listening to too much again. Um, I have okay. been obsessed with a couple songs, though. So I've been listening. So one song by uh, Jason Isbell. He's a uh, kind of an acoustic folk kind of singer, but he's also got some rock in there. It's, it's like a country mix, too. Um, I know the name. I think he's married to somebody well known. I have absolutely no idea. But uh, one of his songs, Elephant, is a really good song that I've been listening to a lot, and I actually learned how to play it the other day. Um, it's got it's got a really good meaning to it, really powerful song. And then uh, I've been obsessed with the government mule version of Soul Shine, which, as we discussed the other day, I was wondering if uh, Luke and Bailey, if you guys thought it was a technically a cover, seeing as I think the Allman Brothers originally released it, but it's written by warren haynes and he's also in government mule so like is that a cover or yeah not? i say no government mule is essentially the Allman brothers i mean kind of but i say it's not a cover because it's the same guy the guy that wrote it no he yeah, didn't sing it for the Allman brothers i believe but he wrote the song and then he takes it to a side project and sings it with them i mean it's his song it's an incredible song it is um, I kind of prefer the government mule version. Do they do a studio version or is it just like the live version? No, I think there's a studio version. Hmm. It's really good. Yeah, the first time I heard it was a live version of government mule. Someone was playing it. I've never really yeah. listened to too much government mule, but um, the, that song is definitely one that I really like. Never heard of everything. You've never heard of government mule? Nope. Oh, it's it's G O V apostrophe T. Yes, I live under a rock. Um, well, I mean, they're just Seriously. basically, the, like Luke said, it's the Allman Brothers. Oh. Yeah. They're playing at the Beacon Theater. And the Allman Brothers yeah. are done touring, so. On New Year's Eve. They're what? The Allman Brothers are supposedly done touring, so I guess now it's just Government Mule. That you, Government that Mule's you, been uh, touring for a while. Have to cling on to. Yeah, but anyway, those are just a couple songs I've been obsessed with recently and listened to all the time. And again, like I said, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've been getting back to reading again, though, so I've been listening to more music. But it's tough because, like, a lot of my music is just saved music that's on my iTunes for when I go on the path. And it's just, like, an old Matchbox 20 album and a couple other things. But it's a really good album, North by Matchbox 20. Really good album. There's some good stuff on it. Um, a big fan of Rob Thomas, so I, I, I like pretty much everything that he puts out. Usually, his uh, solo stuff and his Matchbox Twenty stuff. The guy's a great lyricist, great singer. Um, I aspire to be like him. Hmm. But yeah, he's he's really great, and uh, that's really all I've been listening to. As for what I've been watching, I'm still watching Parks and Rec. Uh, once in a while, it. I've already finished it. This is just another time through. Right. Um. I mean, obviously, and I guess. We should just get this out of the way. We had the, uh, I don't know the right word. I guess a huge, uh, huge, huge, a a pretty big announcement last night for the entire country. Yeah, Uh, the Vikings are sticking with Blair Walsh. Unbelievable. 
Exactly. The Vikings voted and they picked to stay with Blair Walsh. I don't know why. Like, he doesn't make any field goals. Seriously. But uh Big no. News. Actually, we have a new president elect for the country. Um it is Donald Trump. I'm not going to ask for your guys' views or opinions, and I'm not going to give mine. I just think it, this is a big moment for the country that, you know, every four years, obviously, we, we all have the right to go out and vote. And um, clearly, the U.S. people have spoken. They want something other than a politician right now. And we'll see what happens. I mean, everyone's freaking out about it. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the end of the world like some people do. It's just it's it's going to be another four years. Like, I feel like I felt the same way when Obama was elected. And I really haven't even feel like I've noticed that he was been in office. So I don't know. I, I think it'll be all right. It is well, let me say, a new era, new world. This, this may be the biggest presidential election in the music world. What do you mean? Did oh. you see? Yep. Yep. I heard. Yeah. Did you oh, see uh, what? What? That guy released the Wu-Tang Clan album? Yeah, well, it's not just Wu-Tang. That Martin, I don't even know how you say his last name. Martin Shrekley, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Shellacky. So everyone, everyone hates. He's a, he seems like a, a real weirdo. But oh, the guy he, who bought, uh, the, he bought like a Wu-Tang album. In Bitcoin. Yeah, he, the only one. They sold one copy for $2 million. He bought it. But the terms of the contract was he can't release it for 88 years. Uh, but he started to live stream some of it last night, and then, of course, people on the internet like picked up on it, and, and there's some of the songs around, but he only live streamed, I think, parts of like two of the songs. Um, so that was big news, but additionally, for those who aren't Wu-Tang fans, they're from Staten Island, by the way, um, he also claims to have unreleased Beatles, Tupac, Nirvana, Radiohead, Jimi Hendrix, Elliot Smith, Brand New, The Smiths, The Ramones, and Prince Music. Unreleased music that wow. no one has How ever does he heard. have all this? I have no idea. He's and he said it. months ago oh, that if Trump won... the election? Because he said months ago, if Trump wins the election, he will release it. And then now that Trump has done so, uh, people are trying to hold him to it. That's why he started with the Wu-Tang last night. It seems like a big attention-seeking uh, move. He was like making up excuses on Twitter and all this nonsense. I it thought wasn't he went to doing jail. It. But uh, then he actually did release some of the Wu-Tang, so maybe he's for real, and, and maybe we'll get some of this unreleased music moving forward now. Well, that's pretty cool. I guess that's a, you know, you can look at that as a positive for this presidential election. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's the big momentous news for the country right now. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think we're in as bad a shape as everyone thinks we're going to be. I mean... The government's run by checks and balances. I don't think it's the worst thing to get away from the politicians, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, looking forward to when the dust settles and we can just kind of move on and exactly deal like, with it. And I'm ready to stop hearing about it. Yeah, um, I'm luckily. I'm like I was telling these guys before I uh, got off Facebook recently, and I'm pretty happy about it that I don't have to go on Facebook and hear everyone's opinions on the subject because. I personally do not care what anyone else's opinions on the subject are, which is, I'd like well, to point out, and I think we're going to talk about this later. I, I nah, Maybe not. I didn't really write it down, but I know uh, a lot of musicians obviously have a very liberal view, and there's some very famous musicians like, uh, who is it? Uh, um, Bruce Springsteen. Well, Bruce Springsteen, obviously, yeah. is very, very outspoken about his uh, political views, and um, Rage Against the Machine, the guitar player, Tom Morello, has... Uh, yeah protested quite a few times in uh talks about political views and i mean i don't personally like to like i want to hear you for i want you to do your job i don't need to hear your political views you don't need to stand on a platform and speak to me about what you believe and whatever i want you to do your job of entertaining me and that's what you're getting paid millions of dollars to do not preach to me your views about the world and the country and global warming and all this stuff just either act or play me your music so they can't speak their mind ever no that's they can but they do it in a it, like they do it in a different way like we can speak our mind but we don't garner or seek the attention of the entire country like they do like they use yeah. their they use their fame as a platform to speak their mind 
Yeah, and that's why, and not to get all political, but that's why a lot of people are upset with Colin Kaepernick because he's using, you know, the platform of the NFL to try to push across his message. Uh, but I agree. I, it's, not a, it's not the place to use that platform to try to push your opinion onto others. That's why I've always hated. I have no problem with religion. Whatever religion you are, I don't care. Just don't try to force it onto other people. Um, and uh, uh, what was the other? I lost my train of thought on my, on my other point, too. But You're getting uh, old. Do, 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 seriously. But do, do musicians, um, do their opinions on politics and other things affect your interest in them? Uh, I'll say no. No, I usually don't even consider that. I've never once, I don't like, I, I know Bruce has some very, very liberal views that I have sometimes don't agree with and stuff like that. And I still love his music. I mean, I don't often ever think of a musician or an actor or an actress about um, their political views. But with like when I'm deciding whether I want to listen to them or watch them in a movie or whatever that I do it because they entertain me. If they entertain me, I don't care what your views are. Bailey, does it play a role at all for you? Uh, not really. I'm kind of in the same boat as Ryan. If I, uh, if I enjoy your music, I enjoy your entertainment, I'll continue to support you. What about you, Luke? Um, at the end of the day, I'll, I don't think so. I'd still listen to their music if I like it. But I like I tend to certain people, like somebody like Bruce, I tend to want to like the person as well if I'm like a huge fan of the music. Um, so in, in that yeah. sense, and not, not, Bruce is just an example. He's not, it's not like I di currently dislike Bruce because of some of his political views. I, I really couldn't care less, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, certain things. I remembered, I remembered what my other point was going to be. I never understood why people always look to celebrities as like having so much wisdom. And Patton Oswalt's actually one of them, not to pile on the guy because of his, uh, the last few months, but like. They always hold their opinion in such high regards. Like he'll tweet something, and it'll be like in in news stories. And like, who cares? He's a stand up comedian. What what makes his opinion any smarter than anyone See, else's? I completely agree with that. But that's because that they like their opinion is so like it's seen by so many people, and like they can they have a platform of millions and millions of people. So like when they have an opinion, and if you like so and so, that opinion is usually like respected by the people who support him yeah that's true but i agree with you though i agree i don't i don't think their opinion is any different than some guy walking down the street it shouldn't be because at the end of the day they're no different than you or i they're right. doing their job every day just like we go and do our job every day that's why i never got like they will they'll have like actors or something like on cnn or fox news to talk about like politics and it's just it's weird to me that drives me crazy i don't understand that i was a. Uh, they didn't do that. I haven't seen that recently or last night. Or no. This whole political cycle, I haven't seen it. But, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. But, anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, nice. I'm glad everybody's listening to some good things, watching some good stuff. Uh, and now I guess we'll move into our review of the Pearl Jam album 10. Bailey picked this album, so I'm going to let him take it away and start us off with some background about Pearl Jam and the album, and uh, then we can kick off the reviews. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. Um, so I, I really uh, I chose Pearl Jam, uh, their album 10, for this week, um, kind of because we, or mainly because we were kind of talking about him last week. Um, we brought him up in conversation, um, and uh, it was we were recording during the Cubs game seven, and we, you know Eddie Vedder was there, or at one of the games. And then uh, Luke had mentioned Eddie Vedder during the week, and I was like, hey, you know, we might as well just pick um, Pearl Jam album. So I went with Ten, obviously their first album. Uh, I believe it was released in 1992 or 91. Uh, 91. 91. 
Um, so a little bit of background. I, I, I did some research. I uh, went down the rabbit hole a little bit. So uh, Pearl Jam was started. But he couldn't find the year the album was released. Right. <laughs> I, mean, it was, it, I knew it was one of those. Um, <laughs> but uh, so the band was, the band was started um, by Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament. I guess, the, I guess they're both guitar players. Uh, one's uh, bass, Jeff, maybe? Uh, Ahmet is a bass player. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they were, they were in a, uh, pre, a band called Green River uh, in the 80s, um, and they actually formed um, another band with a uh, former lead singer of Malfunction, Andrew Wood, um, and I believe the name of that band was Mother Love Bone. Um, similar style to Pearl Jam, but the lead singer, Adam Wood, kind of had a similar voice. Um, also kind of reminded me of Axl Rose a little bit. Um from Guns N' Roses. Um, but unfortunately, and, and sadly, um, Andrew Wood had passed away of a heroin overdose in the late 80s. Um, so, you know, Mother Love Bone broke up a little bit. How old or, was he, do you know? He w- hmm. Was he 27? That's what I want to know. Let's see. Mother Love Bone did have a good song. Uh, this is Shangri-La. I have it on my iPod. It's a good yeah. song. I've yeah. never heard of it. I've never even heard of Mother Love Bone or Andrew Wood. Or, or it may just be Shangri-La. Okay. He was well, 24. Good. Wow. Ah, so he's 24. Um, so any, yeah. So unfortunately, he passed away. The band broke up. Um, and uh, shortly after that, um, Gossard met another guy, um, uh, Mike McCready. I guess was the guitar player, one of the guitar players. Yeah, he's lead guitarist. Um, they met up in Seattle. Um, they ended up getting back in touch with Ament, and then they, um, I guess, they put together some demos um, in ni- around 1990. Um, and they were, I guess, shopping around for a lead singer and a drummer. Um, they actually sent their um, couple demos out to former drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Jack Irons, I believe his name was. Um, he actually ended up passing that off. Or do you want to say something? No? I didn't even know that Red Hot Chili Peppers had a different drummer other than oh, what's yeah. his name. Apparently, yeah. Um, yeah, Jack Irons, he was like only in the band for like a year, I think. Right. So he eventually passed off the demo to, it somehow found its way to Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder listened to the demo, um, and I believe he was from San Diego originally, not Seattle. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Eddie Vedder? Uh, so, yeah. He was born in Chicago, then they moved oh, okay. when he was like 12, and then, yeah, I guess, I think I was in San Diego. Okay. Yeah, so then he, um, as he was listening to the demo, he actually came up with some of the lyrics for some of the songs on this album, Alive uh, and Once. Um so long story short, he ended up um, meeting with a band, meeting with the guys in Seattle. Ended up auditioning, and, and a week later, he was uh, part of the band. And uh, interestingly enough, they were originally named uh, Mookie Blaylock after the NBA basketball player. Um, yeah. Eventually, uh, became Pearl Jam, and you know the rest is history. Um, and released ten in 1991, um, and I think it was title ten because that was the number Mookie Blaylock, Mookie Blaylock uh, wore um, during his NBA career. That's pretty funny. So that's a side note. Of a, uh, synopsis of Red the Sox Gold Glove outfielder Mookie Betts of the Red Sox. He too named after Mookie Blaylock. Huh, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. You know, it's pre- I found really interesting uh, just to to piggyback on what Ryan's been talking about is that the those four members of the band have been the core members of the band from the from the start, and they haven't changed. Um, and then they, but they've been the drummer. They have not been able to like have a consistent drummer. They have, I think they've gone to like five drummers and I think the current drummer or their most like tenured drummer is Matt Cameron, who's in Soundgarden, Hmm. Mm -hmm. which is, uh, I found interesting, but like, you don't see a lot of bands. I don't know, especially, I feel like a lot of bands from that time period weren't like sticking together, I guess. I don't know. I don't know when the Foo Fighters started. They've been together for a while. After uh, after Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I'm just I find it interesting to see a band where like you have like the main like mo- the majority of the band is together the whole time. Like a lot of times you'll have a guitar player come and go or a bass player come and go something like that. Um, aside from the drummer, these four guys have been together for a while. Yeah. And it, what position? What uh, instrument or like position in the band? I guess would you say changes the most? Uh, I say drummer, but I don't really know much about. <laughs> I would say drummer too. Next one. Uh, yeah, drummer or bass player. Uh, yeah, I guess. It's tough because, like, I don't know. I don't want to offend any bass players, but I feel like. Go ahead. <laughs> um, 
bass players are kind of like like you you can get some really great bass players. I have a friend who's an incredible bass player, but uh, a lot of them they a lot of the stuff, especially back in the '90s when these guys were doing this, um, a lot of the sound was the same and the bass wasn't really driving much of it. So like they're kind of one and the same. Uh, drummers yeah. definitely for this kind of music. The drummers are anybody could. Well, Bailey can't. I could. Wow. But uh, what are you talking? What are you saying? Oh, I'm an accomplished uh, table desk, drummer. You could desk drum it. You're really yeah, alienating our audience now. Sorry. I know, really. This guy's so standoffish tonight. <laughs> I apologize, <laughs> So affected by the outcome. All the, the bassists, all the drummers, they're done. They just jumped off the ship. Yeah. Sorry, drummers and bass players. Um, but yeah, I, I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought it was cool um, just to do some research on Pearl Jam because I really didn't know much. Obviously, I knew a lot of their hits. Uh, I, knew, I knew a good amount of the albums off of 10. But it was really cool just to do some research and kind of, you know, learn about their early beginnings. Yeah, um, I think we'll talk about that a little more after we review the album because I have some stuff to say about Eddie Vedder uh, and uh, McCready. But mm -hmm. uh, Luke, why don't you tell us what you thought of the album? Certainly. So, yeah, as mentioned, it came out in 91. It came out when I was five weeks old, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um and it's an example of something we talk about a lot where bands, their first album are, are, is really good because they've had so long to get ready for it. Although this was a bit of a different situation where they had the, the music and then Eddie Vedder came in and added the lyrics. So a little different than most bands, but uh, a phenomenal first album and maybe the top grunge album of all time outside of maybe uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. But it, it's Actually, cool to listen. Ooh, what? Um... So Nirvana brought Nevermind and Grunge to mainstream in the nineties and but Pearl Jam's ten outsold it in the US and the band became the most popular American rock and roll band of the nineties, according to all music. Hmm. That's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that. All right, so then it's the best grunge album of all time. Suck it, never mind. And uh <laughs> It was. It's cool to listen back and hear it because we've been on like the tail end because of like our age, I guess. We've been on the tail end of of Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam's career, in a way. So it was He's cool to go back crazier. and listen to like that. <laughs> He's gotten softer, so it was cool to go back and hear that original Pearl Jam sound and the grunge scene of the early '90s because they really, they could really rock it out. So the album itself, yeah. obviously, it's a classic album. Uh, I really like the album. I specifically enjoy the first half much more than the second half um, which is typically that. the case i feel yeah, like I a lot of albums that. yeah i feel like a lot of albums taper off they put their their better stuff in the, the front half but with that said i i think it was a good start to the album um with once just the way that song opens up i think of all the songs on the album it's the perfect way to kick off a record oh, yeah. and on the Definitely. flip side release to wrap up the album i thought was a good way to end it as well that's one of my uh, underrated pearl jam songs even though it clocks in at more than nine minutes which is a little extreme but yeah. uh yeah but but i enjoyed the, the second song. half of the song is just like music like there's no lyrics it's just like yeah. the same beat over and over again and that's why i think it's a pretty good end because it's like a hard driving album and then it calms down and kind of fades out at the end. So I liked how those two songs were the bookends that kind of brought it together. And along the way, yeah. it's like a good story, which I know Eddie was trying, kind of trying to go for to tie the songs together. Um, it's pretty cool that like Alive is about him, how his, who he thought was his father really wasn't his father. And then by the time he found out, his father had just passed away. Uh, the song Jeremy is about a kid he knew who shot up his school because he was bullied. Um, did he actually and it's got know the, classics. the kid or did, was it, sorry to cut you off, did he actually know him or was it something he read about? Yeah, it was a combination of the two. He read a story okay. about a similar incident. Okay. In that case, the kid uh, took his own life and then he also, I think when he was, when Eddie was in fifth grade, uh, one of his, he said he was in the hallway and he could hear it in like a classroom down the hall. One of the kids Jesus. Uh, apparently was shooting at people and he did not it's take crazy. his life in that instance. Yeah, so he combined the two. Um, the kid in the newspaper, his name is Jeremy. Mm -hmm. The kid that Eddie grew up with, his name wasn't Jeremy. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's got some of the classic Pearl Jam songs, even Flow Alive, um, Jeremy. And then Black is a nice change of pace yeah. on this album and one of my all-time favorite Pearl Jam songs. Um, 
and uh, more one of the more underrated songs for PJ. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great album, top to bottom. Uh, there's not much for for me to add that I'm sure people don't already know. It's considered one of the greatest albums, and it could have been even better because they left they left off Yellow Leadbetter, uh, which is my uh, favorite Pearl Jam that, song. That's my all time. That that and Better Man are my two all time yeah. uh, favorite Pearl Better Jam Man's songs. Better Man's off uh, Vitality, right? I have no is idea. Is it Vitality? Yeah. I used to have it on my uh, old sure. iPod. That's how I remember. But yeah, that those are my two favorite all-time favorite Pearl Jam songs. Yellow Leadbetter is incredible. Yeah, so that's my favorite. So imagine if that was on the album, how much better it could have been. But uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then for me, like I said, once you get to about Oceans, uh, which is the seventh song of the the eleven, Porch, Garden, and Deep, that little three-song run in the back end, not my favorite, but overall a, a fantastic album. Uh, that I that I certainly enjoy and listen to at least half of those songs pretty frequently. That's good. Yeah, so um, I kind of felt the same way. I I definitely enjoyed the album. It was uh, it's I mean I I love Pearl Jam. I'm a big fan of Pearl Jam. Never really listened to to like a lot of their like albums all the way through. Just to listen to like a bunch of songs and like all their songs. Um, but this it was nice listening to this album and how it was put together, especially being their first album. And like you said, it's definitely a different scenario with the music coming first and then Eddie Vedder putting the lyrics to it afterwards. But it's still it worked out really well. I think I think my one issue or my one complaint isn't about the album. It's about it's about the album, but it's about the music scene at the same time. I mean, all the songs back then sounded the same. Um, it's that's distinct like singing voice the distinct sound um the crunch guitar the garage band the grunge i mean like nirvana's all nirvana songs sound the same too um and i'm sure i just isolated a bunch more fans but, <laughs> uh, but yeah it's a good album I, there's some of this i would say this album has more of my like i didn't i didn't realize this album had as many songs as that i knew on it uh, until I listen to it now. Um, and I mean, it's incredible. That was their first album. And since then they've put out nine more albums. They have a total of 10, which is a, a quite a, quite a discography. Um, but yeah, that's I fitting that it all better. started with the album 10. Yeah. And, uh, I think Eddie Vedder has matured in his more recent years. I know you say he got soft. I think he got soft too, <laughs> but, um, I think he's definitely matured. I think, He's gotten as a better lyricist and everything. He's gotten better. Um, But an album as a whole, yeah, from start to finish, I agree. The first half of the album definitely trumped the second half of the album for me. And um, Trumped. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I see uh, what you did there. I didn't mean to. But uh, the first few songs, I mean, really drive it. Like Once and um, whatever's after Once. Oh, okay. Yeah, so those songs, I knew those songs are a great album, and I I agree that Once is a great song to start the album. I don't think I would, again, like, this isn't, like, my favorite album of all time, but, and I don't think I would ever go to a Pearl Jam and pick an album and only listen to that. Like, if I'm going to listen to Pearl Jam, I usually listen to, like, the songs that I know or the songs that I like, so, like, that includes a variety of different albums. But um, overall, I really enjoyed the album. I think... Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of grunge. I don't really like Nirvana. I'm sorry. Uh, um, I respect what Nirvana did back in, out in Seattle and what Pearl Jam did. I found that interesting, though, because Pearl Jam was a slightly different sound. Nirvana didn't really have many guitar solos, as far as I know. I don't listen to much Nirvana. But, like, Pearl Jam, like, Mike McCready really took it away on a lot of songs. And, um had some really, really great guitar solos on this album. And it's interesting because he's, he's style is influenced, according to him, by uh, Jimi Hendrix. And uh, he feels like he's a feel-oriented and rootsy guitar player. So which is a, it's an interesting for a grunge guitar player to have like a Jimi Hendrix style because, mm-hmm. I mean, grunge and blues are totally different. So you, you just you get, you get that nice awesome guitar solos in the mix of that hard rock and crunch and and everything and so yeah it was a good album um i'd recommend it uh ryan what'd you think i i thought it was great Uh, um i'm a pretty big fan of pearl jam um because i i really like eddie vetter's voice i know you say it's kind of 
the epitome of grunge um, and a lot of grunge singers sound the same. You know, Soundgarden um, is another one of them. Um, but I, I thought it was it was good to listen to it in its entirety because I've actually you know never had done that um, prior to listening to it for this. Um, I'd say I mean obviously Jeremy is one of my favorites. Um, Alive is good. Black is good. Um, why Why was probably um, my uh, my favorite um, off the album after listening to it for this just because I really liked uh, the lyrics. I really liked um, just the, the overall uh, beat. Uh, I don't have much of a knowledge of musical um, terms, but if you want to... Uh, I mean, I don't really know what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, the music, yeah, saying the music part of it. The music part of it was good. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a musical... Yeah, so the music was good. Yeah, the music was good. Um, but yeah, I, I, Why is probably my favorite. Once was a good album to start, or a good song to start it off with. Um, and release was obviously great um, at the tail end. Yeah, um, I also felt so. My favorite song off the album is Jeremy as well, and I think musically it's great, but also the the lyrics and the meaning behind it all are pretty great. It's just got some memorable lines in it, um, so I'd say that's my favorite song off this album. Fun fact: I um, I got on Guitar Hero, uh, Guitar Hero Three. I got one hundred percent on Even Flow. That's why I on loved that song on medium Guitar Hero. Though, so it's oh, not man. very impressive. And then a band asked you to come oh, on stage. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, Luke, what was your favorite song? Um, I mean, those are the classics. Some of the ones you mentioned. I think I have to go black. more underrated Pearl Jam song, especially on this album because of those other songs like Jeremy and Alive and such. Right. What would you, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you guys rate it? Hmm. Good question. If it was... Thanks. If the album... Yeah, I know. If the, if the album ended like halfway through, I would give it... What a maybe weird thing a, to say. <laughs> If you could split the album in half, I would probably give the first half maybe like an eight or a nine. Then the second half, I'd give it around, uh, for me, maybe like a four. So overall, if you combine the two halves, like I'll, say, I'll say, um, uh, I'll go seven. I'll give it a seven. What about you, Ryan? Uh, nine. Ooh. Easy. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I think a six or a seven is a solid... Um, six or seven. Four. All right. Wow, so, yeah, going six. Sixes seven, and sevens right now. Seven because they were part of founding a genre like Nirvana. There is going to be so many pen clicks and drops in this recording. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> um, I think seven. I maybe I don't know. They they found they helped start a genre with nirvana i mean out in seattle they did something great and i mean it's worth noting they were elected to the hall of fame uh this year part of a great class so i mean they deserve it obviously for everything they've done and i again i think the album's great it's their first album i don't really know much about their follow-up albums i don't know how well they were received how successful they were i like like their second album what's their second album I don't know, but I like it. I think it's just like a verse or something. Vitality? I don't know. I don't know. That's the second time. I think it's the only other album Bailey knows by them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a good album. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, back to Eddie Vedder, though. So as we know, Eddie Vedder's like, back in the day, he was a madman. And I think, Luke, we've talked about it. It was Eddie Vedder, right, who used to climb all the way up on the scaffolding yeah. his shows and the band couldn't even look because they just knew, they just had they they couldn't even look because if he fell like they knew he was just risking his life every show and they would just like look down and keep playing as he just did these crazy things i saw him close to seven years ago so he was uh what did i say how old was he the other day i said he was what he's 52 now so i guess he was he was like 46 
when I saw them. And they put on a heck of a show. They did like three encores. They kept coming out. They played forever. Did uh, some awesome covers. They played uh, Van Halen's Ain't Talking About Love and dedicated it to the UConn women's basketball team, which was great. Uh, But the whole time, he had uh, cigarettes. He was chain-smoking cigarettes in one hand, and he had a bottle of wine in the other hand that he was drinking from throughout the concert, and he was passing both around to the fans in the front rows. So the guys uh, definitely got problems. (laughs) He was a madman, but he put on a heck of a show, and it was awesome. He was a little more tame than than what he used to be. He did not, but he did. It was, it was, we appreciate it because we were in the back left corner of the stage. We were behind the stage uh, because they played, it was at the Civic Center and they sold seats all the way around, but they didn't yeah, have yeah, like, yeah. A, you know, like a circular stage or anything. So we appreciate that he made his way all the way around. Like he walked to the back of the stage and, you know, performed for the people back there and like jumped off That's the cool. stage and everything. So, yeah. So he he's high energy um, and it was a great show. I'd like to point out, that in his recent weakness, his uh, what did he release in college? Ukulele songs when we were in college. Yeah, ukulele songs. Yeah, there's a whole album. I guess he just like bought a ukulele and he wanted to put an album out. <laughs> so, so it's a whole album on ukulele. If you guys ever into more, uh, some Eddie Vedder solo stuff, that's on the lighter side. Did Lightning Bolt. What do you? This album is called Ukulele Songs. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> it's not listed here. It's an Eddie Vedder album. It's not a Pearl Jam album. All right, album. all right. <laughs> is your uh, is your Versace album, whatever the hell you keep saying, is that on there? Huh? Vitality was your third oh, album. Um, no, it's an Eddie Vedder album, and it came out recently. It was like when we were in high or uh, when we were in college. I think it came out because I know Luke and I were talking about it in college. At Ukulele one point. songs, two thousand eleven. Yeah, and uh, looking over at Ryan's screen, Into the Wild. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie or read the book, yep. Into the Wild. Seen the movie. So he did the entire soundtrack for Into the Wild. And um, he, when he wrote the soundtrack, he sat down with a cut of the movie that had no music. And he just sat, watched the movie, and wrote the album as he was watching the movie. It's awesome. Which is incredible. Um, and it's that soundtrack is an amazing soundtrack. There's some of my favorite songs by like Eddie Vedder on that album. I'll have to listen. Yeah, I was gonna say it's. What? What'd you say? What? So I'll, I'll have to listen through it. Oh, okay, oh. Luke. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is going on over there? What'd you say? Oh, you can hear that. Yeah, it's my heat. <laughs> it's going haywire over here. Um, it's turning on. Sounds like someone's banging a wrench <laughs> against the pipes. Seriously, I thought someone was breaking in. <laughs> um, I thought like a ghost of Christmas present was rattling their chains um it's funny that pearl J- or eddie vetter is known for uh like the grunge scene because some of my favorite eddie vetter work is actually like acoustic stuff um i 100 percent agree for pearl jam elderly woman behind the counter in a small town which is way too long of a song title is one of my favorite uh pearl jam songs and that's more of like a an acoustic slow song and then what he's done solo stuff that into the wild He's done some Beatle covers. Um, and the more recent Pearl Jam, like I said, when I mentioned he's gotten soft, it's because some of the songs are not as hard rock as they used to be. But they're some of my favorite songs. And I think, like you touched on, because of the lyrics that he's improved on and he's really become a good a songwriter. And then, obviously, I, I love his voice. So always been an Eddie Vedder fan. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And, I mean, like, Better Man's kind of a slower acoustic style mm-hmm. song. Um, and Yellow Leadbetter is actually more of like a bluesy, I would say, yeah. type song. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, see, some of their better stuff is that that's slower paced music. I, I agree. Yeah, funny enough, the album is actually called Vit- <laughs> Vitology. Oh, he didn't even know the album. <laughs> Here we go again with this. <laughs> that's the when album, did it come uh, out? He was, he was calling it Vitality. 1994. Yeah. Shame oh, is that their me. second album? Uh, third, as I said two minutes ago. No, oh. their second album is something else. Yeah, it's Versus. Yeah, oh, okay, you were right. That, yeah, yeah Luke, this Luke guy. Right. All right, so you guys have anything else to say about the album? Uh, No. Ryan? Uh, like I said before, great album. I'm a big, bigger fan of Pearl Jam than Ryan, I guess. Um, yes. But uh, no, great album. I'm, I'm glad we picked it. I'm glad I listened through it again. Uh, definitely recommend it if you haven't listened to it. Um. 
yeah, great album. I think of the four albums, it's the most uh, highly regarded of the four. And they did do a, like a they re-release with a, with a documentary. Huh? They have 10. No, he's talking no. about the four albums. No, <laughs> the four we've, we've done. Oh. <laughs> On the Tri-Podcast, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted with false <laughs> information. Um, yeah. And uh, they re-released it not too long ago, and then came out with like a documentary and and everything, because I guess they felt uh, it was overproduced the first time. They weren't too happy with the the, the studio side of uh, producing the album. So uh, you think this is the best album we've done? It again. No, I think it's like the highest regarded. If you were to, if someone were to rank the oh, four albums yeah, we've done, 100%. yeah, I think it would be the highest. I think Mud Crutch I mean, is the, probably the lowest. Mud Crutch would give them a real run for their money. Uh, I doubt it. Uh, especially in terms of uh, numerical album names, but um, two, yeah, two <laughs> against ten. Yeah, ten's better. Yeah. Um, I I agree with Ryan though. I think if you haven't heard the album, I would definitely pick it up and take a listen. If you like any type of rock, or if you just want to hear what they were doing back in 1991 in Seattle uh, and that whole grunge scene, getting the whole grunge scene going with Nirvana and all those bands really changing a changing not even changing creating an entire genre um they did something incredible uh and i give pearl jam and eddie vetter a lot of respect for what they did and not just eddie vetter but uh mccready and gosser and amen and they did some really incredible things they again like i said you know they're not my favorite this album wasn't my favorite it was a great album though um but i think they everything they've done their influences and the the bands that they've influenced and what they did for music is incredible and i respect that 100 percent uh, so yeah, I would definitely take a listen to to anything Pearl Jam. Really, they have some good stuff, and even Eddie Vedder. I highly recommend some of Eddie Vedder's original uh, solo stuff. Um, mostly, I've never listened to ukulele songs, so I can't speak for that. But uh, Into the Wild is an incredible soundtrack uh, movie as well. So check out the movie if you haven't. Uh, but I think that is going to wrap it up for us at the Tri Podcast this week, uh, and we'll be back next week. Peace. How come grunge didn't last? Because it wasn't. It was nothing. Everything was the same. Yeah, I guess. Like how much? How different could grunge have been? Like Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Like the songs all sound the same. It was a movement, though. Definitely. Well, that's what it was. It was grunge was more than just a genre. It was an entire movement. It created something in Seattle. Put Seattle on the map. I was gonna wear my flannel shirt today, but I didn't do it. It's kind of weird to see Eddie Vedder Why? celebrating with uh, the Cubs and everything. It'd be like a Chicago he win. He looks he's... awful. What? Oh, wait. Was that Eddie Vedder or Jack White? That was Jack White. Eddie Vedder is still a stud. I love him. It's pretty. He was pretty cool. I think it was the night that they won later on that night. I saw videos of him playing in like a bar, playing uh, The Weight by the band on an acoustic guitar and singing with everybody. That's pretty cool. He seems like a yeah. cool guy. Yeah, he does. He's Seems probably like a, a lunatic, wish. but... You know what I don't get? Completely unrelated huh? from the album and music what? in general. Adults okay. riding scooters. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? Have I, yeah, I, I would say that is... About this already. So ridiculous. I would say that is pretty unrelated to the album. I see the adults riding behind their children on their scooters. Oh I'm like, God, why so are annoying. you on a scooter? You don't have to be on a scooter. You can walk What kind of scooters are we talking here? Um... I, like a I razor scooter? It. No, it's they're not. like off-roading oh, scooters. They're okay. like some serious scooters. Is it a motorized scooter? No. No? Do they have to push the scooter? Yeah. How else would a scooter move? I don't know. Are you There's dumb? those scooters where aren't there scooters where like you pump something with your foot? What? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. We had stuff like that yeah. when I was in elementary school. For Scooterville, we had a, a little town we set up called Scooterville, 
and there were my police God. officers and well, Ryan had a riveting childhood. Oh my God! Hey, Scooterville was great. I don't know. I don't want to hear it. Scooterville. We was go from awesome. talking, we go from talking grunge music to Scooterville. <laughs> Scooterville. I looked forward to that every year. Wait. Wow, what a tough was, childhood. Was, what is? Where was Scooterville? It was in our gym. In our gym, and there was all these little, you know, businesses and shops, and you know, we you'd go around. Oh my god! Too fast, you'd get a ticket. Are you kidding me? What kind it of was, shops? It was like third grade. Uh, it sounds like it was like high school. Yeah, it was high school. Yeah. I thought you just said it was seventh grade. No, elementary school. Hey, Scooterville. Did you was bring awesome. your own scooter? No, there were they were like that's what got me into this was Luke mentioning the the pump scooter. 